Welcome back, Creatures of the Night, to our next installment of uh, Randy and I's watch-alongs of the Undertaker's Tag Team Championship victories. And we have the first of three Brothers of Destruction victories here today. Uh, April 19th, 2001 edition of SmackDown, where the Brothers of Destruction take on Edge and Christian for the first time. And... Um, yeah, this is the beginning of the final stretch of the Undertaker's tag team victories. So, really excited to get into this one because you know it sets up everything with Kane and everything. You know, you got the rest of two thousand one with the Alliance and the WCW uh, that Undertaker is going to be into with Kane. So, this sets it all off here. Yeah, we are we're eighty eight out for this, right? So you've got yes, the bandana going. And uh, I've got the Try Me, I'll Make You Famous t-shirt, which is uh, 2001 vintage. I believe this is only 1XL, so it's oh. at least something Yes, yes. If you are watching us on YouTube, you can see that we have dressed up for the occasion. Randy, as always, is uh, always a uh, uh, purveyor of Undertaker t-shirts, always shows up in his finest Undertaker t-shirts and uh, for the podcast. And... I decided to whip out the best Undertaker-style bandana, uh, first of many. Uh, as I was talking to Randy before recording the podcast, I ordered like 10 pairs of bandanas just so that I could be ready for any watch-along with badass Undertaker. So if you're watching on YouTube, get ready for a plethora of colors as we get into the American badass era. I'm digging the 25th anniversary hoodie, too. With yes, the yes. Thumbhole. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, thumb holes for the gloves, so it like replicates the entire look here. Um, so yeah, I, I I had to match. I had to match. You know, the uh, you know you could be the only one to dress up for these podcasts. I'm the host. I should dress up as well. I forget about the YouTube part of it. I always joke that I'm dressing up for radio, but I forget well, that there is YouTube. You know, probably you know people <laughs> listen to us. You know, on on way to work or. Uh, going to be having for the holiday weekend for this episode, right. so maybe going out of town. So there probably be more people listening to us than watching us. So this sure. week, this week we probably are dressing up for radio. Nice. Yes. Well, good. They won't know that this is a ridiculously large shirt, and I, I don't know what I was thinking when I was twenty. You, you know, if, if you didn't mention it, they probably <laughs> wouldn't know. But since you've mentioned it now, you know now they just have to envision this like XL. Sure, Daniel. Right. Yeah, forget everything I've said. It's a schmedium. It's, uh, it's, it's very a, nice. It's great a schmedium. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, before we get into the uh, the match, a little, yeah. you know, I was I was actually watching this entire episode the other day, and um, it is a hilarious episode. How they. Um, how they try and get their tag team uh, championship match in the uh, later on in the evening. This is the episode where they have the segment where the Brothers of Destruction barge into Commissioner Regal's office, and sure. they set fire <laughs> to different parts of Commissioner Regal's office. And yeah. you know, William Regal is so underrated. As a uh, authority figure, his his mannerisms, his facial expressions, he really you know a perfect side character here to the Birds of Destruction. 
He's just looking around each part of his office as it gets set of gets set on fire by Kane, and it's just classic. It's just classic. I here. love uh, this whole episode. I, I watched the whole thing just you know for Undertaker involvement, but then also just to kind of refresh myself on what was going on in the Fed at the of time. Of course, yes. Uh, there's a lot of really cool stuff in here, and I really liked. You know, we'll get into it. I'm sure. I really liked how they this for this eight minute tag team title main event. They used, I counted, six segments throughout the night to set this up. Amazing. I don't, I don't know that you, I don't want to say they never do it anymore, because I guess I don't know if that's true, but I, they rarely take the time to do something like that for a main event of SmackDown or Raw. Six segments. I mean, it, that was awesome. Yeah. And, and, and it starts off the beginning of the program. Where Undertaker and Kane, you know, because they're just coming off of the Monday Night Raw, where they saved the Hardy Boys from the two-man power trip, and Regal's out there telling them, you know, not to do that again, and, you know, Kane gets put in the Hardcore Championship match, and, you know, Austin and Triple H cost him his Hardcore title, you know, which leads to the Tag Team Championships later on in the evening, you know. It's uh, just a whole episode just centered around, you know, Undertaker and Kane trying to get some sort of revenge. And Yeah, I love that. Um, Yeah. It was really cool, too, how they set up the uh, Kane injured arm angle, too. So when Mm -hmm. they did, uh, you know, Commissioner Regal, as you said, calls them out uh, for their actions Monday on Raw. And it looked to me like they were trying to imply that uh, two-man power trip were going to flatten Lita with a chair if mm-hmm. they didn't get some help soon. And that's when the Brothers of Destruction came out on Raw. So Regal calls them out on SmackDown and admonishes them for getting in the way. And that's when he you know, says, yeah, I'm going to make you put up your hardcore title against Rhino tonight. And then, of course, two-man power trip come out and flatten Kane with a chair, and they injure his arm. And that's, a, that's an injury that he sells the rest of the night, which is awesome. I mean, what yeah. storytelling and psychology. And, I mean, I was even taking notes of, spoiling it now but like <laughs> as we get into as we get into the match like Kane remembers to kind of not like Bob Dole like that's his Bob Dole arm like don't use that arm it's a dead arm don't use that arm all night in his matches he scoop slamming people with the other arm and I'm like man if I was a performer I would totally forget I would totally forget or I would switch arms accidentally and forget which one is injured and like Kane was a professional the whole night and, and uh, they, they set up that injury angle and planted the seeds it was really cool yeah and um, it's something that he sells even to Backlash, if I remember. You know, he still has the bandaged arm on the uh, on his arm, like ten, like what, like two weeks later, when in the pay per view. And it's like, wow, it's like they're really they're really milking that whole angle of injuring it here on a SmackDown. Maybe if he wasn't hurt, then the two man power trip wouldn't have won in Chicago. That's Maybe right. that's the angle. You know? That's the angle. Yes. They weren't at full strength. It doesn't count. That, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but um, you know, as it's as, and I always love William Regal. It's always Triple H. I always remember Triple H. Oh. Yes. Yes, I always remember that. And um, but they, if they would, the the stipulation is if the Brothers of Destruction defeat Edge and Christian for the tag team championships, they will get a shot at the two man power trip. They didn't specifically say backlash because that's not really mentioned till next week's episode. A little spoiler there, but um, they get they will get their hands on the two man power trip if they are successful tonight. 
So that's kind of a, you know, it's kind of a foreshadowing in the episode. It's like, mm, you, you kind of have a feeling Undertaker and Kane's going to win. Because... Yeah, well, go ahead. Yeah, because, you know, why would they put that? Like, you want Undertaker and Kane to get their hands on Edge, I mean Edge, Austin and Triple H. So if, you know, of course if they're successful, they're going to get their hands on them. So it's like, uh, you know, they're going to kind of be successful. It was nice that they had... Triple H and Steve Austin coming in as soon as Regal made that deal with them, you know, because Regal doesn't want to get burned alive, so he makes the deal. Of course, <laughs> you don't want to get burned alive. Right, and then two-man power trip, the next segment, they're right in the office saying, what did you do that for? What do you mean they, they get Stone Cold and Triple H if they beat Edge and Christian? What do you mean? And that's when Regal says, I'm going to make this no DQ, this tag team title match with Edge and Christian. Perhaps you could use that to your advantage, and they still won't win, and they still won't get to you guys. So they kind of plant those seeds that the, you know the two-man power trip is going to be involved and being no DQ they'll, they'll find a way to cheat and uh, keep the brothers of destruction from from winning you know you know but as you know, as the parting words William Regal made Undertaker you know just by the way this match is no DQ and Undertaker you know damn right it is you know Undertaker Undertaker wants it to be no DQ he wants to use those steel steel stairs on uh, and steel chairs on Edge and Christian yeah, he wants to use everything to his advantage. Did you know, and I don't know, I'd probably read way too much into things, but like, he started the night in the ring with, with Commissioner Regal. He started the night with a Dead Man Inc. shirt. Couple, first couple, three segments, Dead Man Inc. And by the end of the night, they do the sixth uh, segment is right before the match. Uh, these uh, Brothers of Destruction are backstage with Kevin Kelly. Taker talks about, you, you were seven-time tag team champions won it seven times but that means tonight you're going to lose it for a seventh time and Taker's wearing now try me I'll make you famous and he like changed shirts so I don't know if he's trying to like sell both of them like I'll wear this one for a little while and I'll wear this one or is this I know he said try me I'll make you famous before but I don't remember when this shirt came out did this debut tonight like why did he switch it up halfway through the night to wear this shirt Oh. So that's why I wore the shirts in the podcast. <laughs> oh, nice. Nice nice little tie in right there. I love right. it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's a you know, that's just that just adds to your other question of like him wearing that little loop on his belt when he was a badass, you know. Are you ever gonna get a right answer to that uh question? Why did you switch up shirts? Why did you wear that on your belt? It just, I could not figure out. And of course, I wish there was some sort of internet. I mean, you figure somebody would have done it by now. I wish there was an internet resource where you could say, Undertaker 2001, try me, I'll make you famous shirt. And there'd be like a Wikipedia entry on, it debuted on this day. He wore it for the first time here. But of course, there's nothing. I couldn't find anything like that. I tried, but I couldn't find anything. I'm like, is this the first night he ever wore this shirt? Why did he switch halfway through the night? I don't know. Probably. Pie was just a thing, you know... Mark, we need you to wear this shirt so you can sell it on ShopZone. So, there you go. Right. Push, uh, push both shirts, you know. Push both shirts. That's right. I, uh, I did take some... I watched that whole episode. There was a couple other non-Undertaker notes that I made that I thought was interesting that made me smile or laugh. Oh. Um, Taz, fairly no. new commentator. Yes. I think he started commentating. I think the, the commentary team got shuffled all together when Jerry Lawler walked out on WWE in February of 01 due mm-hmm. to the cat. And so I think he made some sporadic appearances from February 01 through April. So he's fairly new at commentating. I was kind of shocked to hear his voice. I was like, this early? But that, that makes sense. 
the XFL had their a couple promos for their million dollar game. Mm-hmm, I saw that. That's like, like their Super Bowl, right? And mm-hmm. uh, so I thought that was interesting because I remember they started their season. I thought they started in February of '01. This is April of '01, so you're talking like six weeks later. They're yeah. already like <laughs> doing yeah. their Super Bowl. Like that's a quick season. I don't remember it being that quick, but apparently it was. Um, WWF The Music Volume Five had a promo during mm. Eddie Guerrero's entrance. Interesting. Because his song is on there, and I always remember that CD for <laughs> The Rock and Slick Rick singing about Poon Tang Pie, which I don't think would probably get over in 2021. Rock has a rap where he raps about Poon Tang Pie for like three and a half minutes, and especially being an A-list celebrity now, it's kind of like, oh my god, so oh terrible. Oh my god, Rock. <laughs> But it's out, it's out there. Uh, that that immediately when I saw that promo for Volume Five, that's what I was uh, I was thinking of. And they did have the uh, the Lugs Boot of the Week. Week. I don't know oh. if you remember Lugs. Oh yes, of course. The Lugs Boot of the Week was uh, <laughs> Linda booting Vince in the Family Jewels at WrestleMania 17. So that was the Lugs. Ah uh-huh, yes. Week. Which didn't, then, which happened like two weeks prior, I think. So it's right, but even this week it was the Lugs boot of two weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> and then the the weirdest one that I found, and and you'll have to double check me on this, and I took a screenshot. I'll put it up on my social media or hit you with it. Ooh. Just, just to, people feel free to verify that I'm not crazy. Okay. So there's this segment with Vince and Shane in the ring. Right? Yes, with Big Show. And Vince is, you know, he's convinced. Ah, Unintended. He's Vince is convinced that Shane obviously he bought WCW for out from under him. Shane's going to start recruiting for the Alliance or what's going to be the Alliance. He's going to start recruiting WWF guys to WCW, and he feels like the first one is the Big Show. So he says, "We're not going to do this all secretive and clandestine. I'm going to bring Big Show up to the ring right now. We're going to have it out publicly, all three of us." So Big Show comes out. Gets over the climbs over the top rope, and he doesn't greet Vince, but he greets Shane mm-hmm. to sell the fact that of course you know, him and Shane are in cahoots. That's like, cahoots. Yeah, I can't. I can't tell if they're trying to do like the Hollywood greeting, like where you like do the old double cheek kiss, or if they're trying to like maybe like you ever get stuck with somebody doing like between like the hug and the handshake, and you don't know which one we're doing, you know? So you kind of dance a little bit. But yeah. I swear to God. Big Show and Shane kiss on the lips. Like, when they're greeting each other, they kiss on the lips. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but for these two guys, it's really out of place and weird. And, and like, they never... I'm like, well, maybe, like, this is supposed to be, like, a Hollywood WCW thing, but, like, nobody ever did that again. And Michael Cole, like, no-sells it. He no-sells it and says, like, oh, yeah, Big Show, uh, big greeting there from Shane McMahon like he completely no-sells it nobody talks about it. and I rewound it like four times and I'm like are we just like just gonna skate over the fact that I'm pretty sure these guys just kissed on the lips like what is going on with that and like it was the most bizarre greeting I've ever seen between two wrestlers well perhaps ever. at the end of this at the end of the uh, record, uh, recording of the match we will have to go back and watch this segment now to see if you are crazy enough. We just have to yeah. see it. It is. I'm ready for you. It is 42 minutes and 12 seconds. We'll do it later. We will. 
So anybody wants to double check me at home, 42-12, tell me, am I crazy or not? I we, feel like they were kissing each other on the lips. We, I, I, when I started this podcast, I never thought I would go back and check to see if Big Show and Shane McMahon kiss on the lips. I was just like, did they just do what I think they did? Like, what the hell was that? Oh and I my just God. kept finding it. We'll have to check later, but pretty sure I saw a weird kiss. And then uh, the last note I had was, this is the first show that Regal, uh, William Regal, introduced the term Duchess of Queensberry. Because uh... he and Jer- they're going to have that match of backlash, which essentially we're going to make the rules up as we go nullifying all of Jericho's pinfalls and submissions until Regal gets the win. Like any um, good English heel. Yeah, this is the first time that he used the words Duchess of Queensbury, and I looked it up. I didn't know that the, the lady who played the Duchess of Queensbury that night at the pay-per-view was Sue Aitchison, who is a like a 30-year behind-the-scenes WWE employee. She does a lot of community outreach. She won the Warrior Award in 2019, so that is your Duchess of Queensbury. You're kidding me. That was her? That's the Duchess of... I'm sure she didn't get the award for being the Duchess of Queensbury, but she did get the Warrior Award in Wow. I'm, I'm shocked. I'm, I'm most shocked that that was not the Duchess of Queensbury. <laughs> like, right? you're, just, you're just putting a whole damper on kayfabe right here. Yeah, because I think Regal... I found some tweets from Regal like three or four years ago. People asked, where is the Duchess of Queensbury? Is it Sue Aitchinson? And William Regal uh, kayfabe them on Twitter and said, "No, she's in a retirement home for old royalty, you know, in England. She's she's in a retirement home. I don't know who the Sue Agentson is. I don't know who you're talking about. So, William Regal keeping it uh, keeping it closed lip. Yes, yes. Unlike Big Show and Shane, we'll check later. Oh my God. <laughs> well, on that note, let us get started on Undertaker and Kane. The Brothers of Destruction first reign as tag team champions um, on April 19th, 2001 edition of SmackDown. Um, I am at 1 hour, 16 minutes, and 50 seconds. So, you all queued up? I am at 46 seconds, so I will hit play, and then I will count you down. Oh, okay. (laughs) We're going a little different here. Ready? So I'm going to hit play in 3, 2, 1, boom, 47, 48, 49, 50. And play. Yep. Perfect. Yes. Edge and Christian making their way here to the ring. Interesting that the seven-time tag team champions are coming out first. Yes. They're not coming out second. The champs are coming out first. They are heels, so they're not coming through the crowd or anything. And they're bringing their friend Rhino with them because it's no DQ. And funny enough, they are seven-time tag team champions, and Undertaker will end up being a seven-time tag team champion. That's right. Eventually, yeah. Yes. I love their uh, their Charlie's Angels maroon T-shirts they were wearing earlier in the night. I, that's the Charlie's Angels. I yeah, it's like a parody of Charlie's Angels. Yes, oh, I, 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 I remember. So I noticed here with Kane and The Undertaker coming out, no Undertaker-Kane mashup yet with the music. It's still pretty early. That's right. Kane and also Kane enters first. You don't have the brothers together. Got that arm wrapped up like we were talking about. Yeah. 
And also, you would notice, I noticed when Kane does the pyro, he only lifts up one arm. Right? Like, such a pro. I would have totally blown that and not even thought about it. Mm -hmm. Just did it, you know, every night for 300 nights a year, I'm doing this. I would have not even thought about it. What a pro. There he is. Yeah. Summoning the strength of hell with one arm. <laughs> Undertaker's coming out to Roland. Badass Undertaker was so over. So over with the crowd. Absolutely. And then you see he's wearing the I'll Make You Famous shirt now and he's with your red bandana. Of course. This is why I wore it. <laughs> Had to match the dead man. I didn't even notice the change in t-shirts from earlier on. Yeah, he goes from dead man to... And I don't know. That could be for no reason at all. And they're starting to match without Taker. I mean, I think the plan here is... Let's triple team the weak guy, Kane, with a broken arm or whatever, and then we'll try to get the pinfall on him. So they started right away on Kane. Well, you are the t-shirt guy, so it would be, make sense that you would notice that. Yes. <laughs> it is a very red kind of night. Right, Kane's red, and then Undertaker's got his red and black thing going on. And then you have Edge. Yeah. Kane with single arm clotheslines, he's just leaving that arm, that other arm just drag. That's so awesome. I can't believe he remembered to do that all night. He did a, earlier he did a one arm side slam. He scooped Christian up and did a one arm side slam. It's amazing. I don't know if I'd be able to remember not to use that arm. Yeah. Funny thing, I know you're talking about video games lately, that uh, Christian mesh shirt right there, that my Icon 2000 character I talked about <laughs> in the last episode, he always had, it was silver, but he always had the Christian mesh shirt. I would just change the color, but mm -hmm. that was a staple of mine, was the Christian mesh shirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, uh, I'm, right now I'm going through the SmackDown vs. Raw series. Yeah. Yeah, the trilogy, I like it, and uh, probably after 09, I, you know, just want, listening to this commentary today, it reminds me so much of the Just Bring It uh, video game sure. for PS2. It's like that commentary was so bad in that game. But the commentary here between Taz and Cole, it's like so bad like that game. Right. Just saying all the generic things. Yeah, all the generic things. Here we go. Now Taker's getting some shots in on the outside, Christian. Taker, I see, still has the hook on his pants, by the way, for those scoring at home. He is wearing that hook on his pants. I tried. I asked the question. Alex Dorio of Talking Taker prompted me, and I asked the question of the... I well, saw. I saw. Well, the the interview is not over yet. It continues on Wednesday. Oh, does it? Oh, yes. I didn't get that part. I, I watched the Taker part, and then I cut out. Yep. He said, they said to continue back here on Wednesday for the rest of our interview, so there's oh, always hope. I was so mad because I asked this very creative question. And very creative question. And then the questions they used were like, what was your favorite Survivor Series moment? Like, come on. I know. Ask right? about the hook. Ask about the hook. We, and you know what? His answers, I know what his answer would be. He's going to be like, I don't remember doing that. Yeah. <laughs> There's the hook right there. I, I know. I thought you were also going to answer, you know, why did you only bang your, you know, chest twice and hit your leg? should have done that yeah, yeah. you know i was that's, I was, do, that's harder to do over twitter though it's harder to do a show I, <laughs> I did include a screenshot of the if anybody didn't see the tweet i did include a, a screenshot of the book with its circle so they would know what i'm talking about but it's, it's hard to show them like i know when you're, 
when you're a face, why do you do this? And when you're a heel, why do you bang off your leg? <laughs> it's, it's hard to show that on Twitter. Oh, that man. Might be, that might be a $500 question in person at a convention one day. A $500 question in person? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Scaring Earl Hebner, which is Vintage Undertaker. Vintage Undertaker. And as Bruce Pritchard always said, Earl Hebner is always the best referee to scare. Sure. He was good, either good at selling it or he was legitimately terrified. One of the two. I can't tell. <laughs> Could be either one of the two. Sure. But we get, you know, Christian here working that uh, damaged elbow again of Kane. Which is the, you know, what people are actually doing in this match. This match is basically, uh, you know, going against Kane's injured elbow. And the strategy wasn't working, it doesn't look like at first, until... You know, Kane was kind of holding his own with one arm until I think Rhino bored him, and then that changed <laughs> the tie. And then now he's been the face in peril ever since. Can he lift Christian with one arm? The bad arm, too. Nice. Undertaker is just waiting for that tag, waiting for that hot tag out here. Yeah, he's almost going crazy like on that uh, internet. Uh, you, you, yes, you I was going to mention that. <laughs> Him in the house <laughs> show going nuts. He's going corner to corner, splashing water on himself. Yes. Yeah, he's almost that. Oh, uh, now we're in trouble. Oh, but oh. Hebner didn't see it. He didn't see the tag. Oh, no. The bluebirds are out in Nashville. Everybody's booing it. Uh, of course. Heels can get away with that, but not faces. Yeah. That would have been very much of a storyline of <laughs> Edge and Christian just uh, isolate the injured Kane and then eventually pin him. Ball game. <laughs> isolate the injured Kane. Yeah, just isolate him, pin him. That's it. No pay-per-view. But then the fans would have been robbed of the Brothers of Destruction not facing the two-man power trip. Right. Kane is dominating Edge and Christian with one arm. You make that hot tag? We need, we need a healthy Undertaker, and here we go. Here we go. Best pure striker in the game here. Clean house. Of course. There we go. Michael Cole just said he's cleaning house. Big back body drop. Big boot. Undertaker's just... Like, if this is no mercy, he's got a special. Like, oh, I, oh gonna... I know. He's got a special already. He's going to use that, that signature taunt. Charter member of Dead Man Inc. That sign in the crowd. Oh, here comes Rhino with the chair. Remember, it's no DQ. Just seems like it's going to be a numbers game with Rhino and Austin and Triple H eventually coming down. You got a few. I know. Then you got like five on two. Right. I don't even remember why was Rhino with Edge and Christian. I think that they were, uh, they're like, Rhino's from Michigan, so like does a lot of like Canadian wrestling. I think he trained and did a lot of like 
Canadian wrestling with Edge and Christian. They're actual friends, so they just kind of paired them together, you know? Wow. He was he was their guy uh, WrestleMania 17. Like, oh, yeah. Had an extra, Lita, Spike Dudley. Rhino. <laughs> yeah. It's like it doesn't go together at all. It's like Lita, Spike Dudley, Rhino. <laughs> this guy that you knew before. Oh, oh, here's the two-man the power, two trip. Man power trip. The two-man power trip. And two-man power trip. Don't even bother to go in there and attack The Undertaker. Not even helping out Edge and Christian to attack Undertaker. They're just wiping out Kane. I, I love when Austin had these... Uh, he's taking his belt off there. He's going to take him to the woodshed here. But uh, I love when Austin had the colored knee braces back then. He had the yeah. white ones and the camouflage ones. And, oh, 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 a failed, a failed concerto. Oh, here it goes. A second wind for The Undertaker. Talking Taker always points out that Christian takes the most last rides. And here he is. He takes the he best takes... last rides. He does. One, two, It's new over. Champions. New Taker. No, they don't. Because here comes... For the... Steve Triple H. Ugh. For the fifth time tag team champion. Yep, they are tag team. Uh, he's a tag team champion for the fifth time. And I looked it up. Kane is a tag team champion for the fifth time. So very similar to last month when Undertaker and Rock were both four-time champs. Yeah. Not together, but individually. Mm -hmm. First time together, but fifth time for Kane and fifth time for Taker. How weird is that? Funny. Yeah, and that, it, that will continue for the next twice. Because when Undertaker is six, Kane is six. I'm going to take yeah. a 7, Kane 7. Absolutely. So it, it, it matches up for the next couple uh, next couple outings here. And I think Austin, like you mentioned, Austin's colored knee braces. Does he only start there when he's a heel? I think so. It was just this like spring, summer of 01. I remember King of the Ring, I think he had white ones that I thought were really cool. It's just, it's just in that little time period. We're gonna, there's the hook. There's Way up close. And the tag team titles. Yep. And that sets us up to backlash. That sets us. Well, maybe it's gonna not gonna let me. That sets Wait, us. Me. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Though. I forgot to go back for the. I'm totally gonna go back just because I'm. I swear to God, I'm not insane. Uh, that was, and Taker and Kane are going to hold that championship for 10 days until the pay-per-view in Chicago backlash. They're going to lose it to, to Steve and Triple H. Uh, unfortunately, I was really hoping that Taker would win the world title. I didn't think he'd get the Intercontinental, but I was open to it. That'd be awesome. It's something new and different, but uh, held it to the pay-per-view and lost it. And then our next one is going to be on the August 9th, 2001 SmackDown. So we're yeah. back to SmackDown. Yes, we're and back to SmackDown. Gonna, yeah, going to be in, what, four, four months' time, so not much will have changed, but they're going to take on <laughs> the National Porn Thrillers, Chuck Palumbo and Sean O'Hare for the WCW Tag Team titles. Uh, I can't wait to see that squash match. What's the over-under that that's going to last five minutes? I, I, I honestly don't know. I don't remember. I, I don't know either, but I can't. I, like you said, I cannot wait to see that squash match. <laughs> This was eight minutes. This was action-packed. They had a lot going on in eight minutes. Oh, yeah, but, uh, a lot going on in eight minutes. 
and I don't know what's going to happen when, when they take on the WCW guys. I don't know. I don't know, but I cannot wait. And hopefully, by the time we get to SummerSlam 2001 um, in two months, hopefully that ringside exclusive is either up for pre-order or in our hands. You know, so that'd be something fun to discuss as well. Yeah, I was. I, I hear. I was thinking. I think we might have talked about it even on the last episode. I'm thinking, okay, then we'll do in December before Christmas. We'll do SummerSlam, and then January will be Hardcore Title. And then I, I ran through it in my notes, and I was like, wait a minute, we still have this WCW Tag Team Title in here. So I think that we're we're clear till February at least, a little bit of time anyway. Yep. Yes, we are. December. Can't skip the WCW Tag Team Titles with. The action figure we, that's coming up. We can't. Know? We absolutely can't. And we cannot We cannot skip the uh, SmackDown match between the Natural Born Thrillers, Chuck Palumbo and Sean O'Hare. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Palumbo, who would eventually steal the Undertaker's gimmick by riding the motorcycle, eventually. With Michelle McCool, conveniently. <laughs> Okay, so where are we at for the Shane McMahon Big Show? This is forty-two twelve, and I'm at I'm at forty-one thirty right Ooh, now. Oh, I am exact. I am exactly at forty-two twelve. Are you really? Yes, exactly. I can't. I just paused it, and I see Big Show's coming into the ring right in front of Shane McMahon. Yeah, I mean, if you watch it like regular speed, I mean, I, I swear to God, they kiss. And I'm like, I, I watched it two or three times. Okay, I'll go back six seconds. Forty-two oh six. Yeah, I'm at I'm at forty. This is this is I, this is real journalism here, folks. I know, right? This matters, yeah. <laughs> this this matters. This is real journalism here. It's more it's more of a am I insane thing? Like it's so he's coming over the top row, forty one oh eight, oh nine, ten, eleven. Okay, here we go. They totally kiss. <laughs> I can't wait to put this into my episode description. <laughs> yeah, they do. Right? They do. Let me go back. I can't wait to put this in my episode description. Do Shane McMahon and the Big Show kiss? You just have to find out and listen. <laughs> Run a poll, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they do. They definitely do. Look at Vince. <laughs> it's just the weirdest thing. I mean, I just it's so out of character for both of them. It doesn't make any sense. But there it is. There it is. Well, that's hard-hitting facts. Uh... Proven here, folks. I'm glad somebody corroborated my thoughts. Oh, yes. Yes. (laughs) Well, we did see um, quite a match. Like you said, very hard-hitting, you know, back-and-forth action. You know, it didn't didn't feel like it was only, what did you say, eight minutes? Like eight minutes and some change, but I mean, with the six segments to build this story up not only for the tag titles and no DQ so Rhino can be down there and you know the two man power trips are probably going to interfere at the time um, but Kane's got a busted arm they, they established that early so that mm-hmm. way during the match it's like really versus one and a half T-Mac has Rhino Austin and Triple H versus just Undertaker maybe half a Kane How half they a Kane and then they do get out of this they win the tag team titles anyway I mean, it's, it's a pretty cool story uh, before the match and during the match, I really liked it a lot. Uh, yeah. Biased, but, but for eight and a half minutes, I thought it was it had a lot going on. Yeah, I agree. And it's you know it doesn't feel like eight minutes; it feels longer because you know you have all this action going on. And it takes your 
attention all around the match. You have all the players on the outside of the ring, so you you know your attention is like all throughout the match. You know, it's not only on one singular person here. Because you have Kane being attacked and you have Undertaker on the outside, you have the two-man power trip, you have Rhino, you have all these characters working, you know, against each other. And it's, it's a, it is a good match. I enjoy it. What, what a nice way to like, okay, we gotta put the tag belts on Undertaker and Kane. Kane's already got the hardcore belt. Like, how do we fix this? We make him lose it in the beginning of the match, in the beginning of the episode. And not, and not only make him lose it, but like, tie it into the storyline like he lost it because of you know Steve Austin and Triple H everybody you know like he lost of course. it because of that such brilliance compared such to what we now yeah. such brilliance whereas right now on Survivor Series 2021 we got a golden egg uh, so not exactly the same the, storytelling the brilliance just doesn't stop for, Ms. for Vince McMahon <laughs> it just doesn't stop well, I was I was thinking of toys. Oh, hey, my for, favorite, my for, favorite part. For two thousand one, I know you try to tie stuff to toys, so I thought of two toys. Uh, although I probably shouldn't like blow two of them uh, on this episode, means that the next episode is going to be in four months. Not not a lot's going to change, but not a lot's going to change. But I thought about the um, two thousand one jacks, like the twelve inch, like. Uh, no, the Ringside Rebels, yes. 12-inch, the Ken doll-looking thing. Yes. And is that, I, I was doing some scanning on eBay, and you might know more off the top of your head than I would. Is this the only one that has, the only Undertaker figure that has him wearing the Try Me, I'll Make You Famous shirt? Is this Ken doll 12-incher? I saw Destruction Inc. I saw, yep. yeah, they don't put Dead Man Inc. on there. I saw Destruction Inc. I saw... A lot of different shirts. I, I yeah, I've seen the loved by few, hated by many, respected by all. Yeah, decade of destruction. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that I saw a try me on the famous unless it was that twelve inch. Or maybe this is too much writing put on a normal size action figure shirt, too small to fit it on. And maybe on the twelve incher they could because it's like a Ken doll. But only one I, I found that was wearing you, the shirt. I I believe you're right. Yeah, you are right because. The only other, yeah, because usually he's only in like open shirt vests or trench coats. Sure. He right. is in the Destruction Inc. shirt. He is in the uh, Respected by All shirt. Yeah, that's the only one he wears. The I'll Make You Famous is the Ken doll. Yes, the Ken doll. So I had to point that out because the theme of the night seems all to come back to yeah. the shirt. So, uh,. The other one I, I laughed at was the Jacks uh, Series 12. The He's wearing the Decade of Destruction shirt, but yeah, I thought it was funny that 2001 Undertaker comes with that smoking skull belt, which is not even a thing. Yeah. In 2001. And there is a variant. He comes with oh. un, he is comes with Stone Cold Steve Austin's vest. Really? I didn't know that either. Yeah. That's the one I, I'm looking for that one, actually. Because I think it's like a harken to when he takes over Austin's um, locker room. In that one, sec- oh, yeah. that one episode of SmackDown or Raw. He like takes yeah. over the locker room and he starts wearing his vest and drinking his beers. And everything like that. So it's like a, a little variant. Instead of the belt, you get the vest. So that's kind of cool. I'll have to look up that variant just to see it, but I did see the Smoky Skull Belt, which I yep. was like, this is like, that's like 1998. Why, why is this on a 2001 <laughs> toy? Other right? than just to, 
just to get it out there, maybe. But uh, wow. yeah. You know how much that stuff they probably produced. Sure. I uh, but I can't wait to get that. Uh, I did pre-order that uh, Bret Hart Undertaker combo. Yes. Yes. I'm thinking. I think it. I think it's in January, maybe, when we get it. Hopefully sooner. Hopefully. I didn't. I didn't order anything else with it to hold it oh, up this time. Good. Good. Good plan. I'll be excited to get it. I was gonna wave this because all we have to go off of right now is the render. You know, they have that. The That's. Drawing. See, I was thinking like, oh, should I just wait this out because you know sometimes Amazon gets it. You know, sometimes you know Walmart may get it early, like around sure. the same time. It's like. Uh, do I want to spend, you know, 28 bucks a piece on this? But then I'm like, I'm horrible in waiting. Sure. I'm horrible in waiting. Especially for Undertaker stuff. Undertaker, yeah, I don't want to mess with that at all, so... That's exactly it. It's like, oh, I mean, I could get this some other way, cheaper, but do I really want to wait? I don't. I don't think I have the pirate shirt. I don't think I have a teardrop Undertaker. So I'm like, man, unless this figure looks really bad when it actually is in figure form in front of me. And like wow. I say every week, even if I have it on the Buried Alive segment, it's in my. It's gonna be in my collection someday anyway. I don't. See, you you can bury it that way. Pun intended. Pun intended. Way, because you can always say, hey. I, I'm buying this for the podcast. I gotta, I gotta put out content. I gotta buy this. To talk of course, about it. gotta Joe, put out right? content. I, I always put over ringside collectibles every week anyway, so it's like oh, I gotta give them the business. Yeah, I don't know what to see. I know you keep your stuff all in the box. Um, how many did you order, by the way? Like to make sure that you get them. Uh, I think I ordered four. <laughs> I have to get a good box. Right, right. I. Uh, I don't know if I'll keep Bret Hart. Again, I'll just have to see it when I when I actually get it not a render in front of me. Like, do I need the Bret Hart? I could probably sell the Bret Hart for 10 bucks or something. Well, they'll come with an awesome stand, I think. So you sure. can put them in, like, the stand so it's like a match type. So that's kind of cool. But set them up, maybe he's beating up Bret Hart or stomping on him or who knows. You yeah, know, go for the choke <laughs> slam. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> It was fun on, I don't know, I think you did see, maybe you didn't see, but it was funny on Major Wrestling Figure Podcast, speaking of Bret Hart, they, they gave that free Bret Hart away to my buddy in St. Paul. So that yes, was, uh, right? I saw that he won something, I'm like, oh, that's cool. That Survivor Series, Bret Hart, uh, I, don't, I don't know if it's controversial face or just doesn't look like <laughs> him or something like that, but they, uh, I, you know, I think we all kind of retweet once in a while. I tend to only retweet when it's something I want, like Undertaker, you know, but... They gave it to my buddy. They didn't pronounce his name right. Nick Fugatti. That's not his name, but that's fine. Uh, it's I, not I his exactly name. Who, I knew exactly who that was. I'm like, oh my god, they they sent it to Nick. That's really cool. So, and I think Nick will keep it. He uh, he collects all different guys. He's not like you or I, where it's just one specific person. So he'll probably keep that. So, I uh, I got my Undertaker teddy bear from Zack Ryder. That's so. right. It's right. I'm so jealous of that. Yeah, so I, uh, I I don't usually read them. They're like, oh, we'll give a, we're giving away a, you know, a Nia Jax. I don't ever retweet that one. But well, when he said I'm giving away an Undertaker bear, I was like, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's... I was on top of that. So then I did hear the uh, 
the during that same episode, I heard the guys, the major wrestling figure podcast guys, talking about that WCW Tag Team Champion Undertaker, which we've got a WCW Tag Team Title match coming up here next month. But, two, uh, we got two coming up. Can't wait. True. Uh, maybe during those two months, we'll actually get the figure. I don't know when it's on the pipeline for, but hopefully. Like, the, major wrestling figure podcast guys they were saying that the reason that the bandana looks so terrible and bulky to them is it's supposed to be uh it's, it's not supposed it's to supposed be, to be a, a beanie it's supposed to be a beanie hat like the like the winter hat yeah yeah it's supposed to be like that winter stocking cap with, you know no poof ball because undertaker would not wear a poof ball but but like the beanie hat yeah that's what it's supposed to be i'm like oh okay that makes a little more sense but it's supposed to have a logo on it yeah, and I'm sure, too, if people, uh, you know, it's now, some of the stuff they roll out isn't the final product. So a lot of times, of course. people crap all over a figure, and then there's changes, and then when it comes out, it's like, oh, this isn't so bad. So maybe if enough people are complaining about the beanie, or there's there's supposed to be a logo, I'm sure they're on top of it now that we've all tweeted about it. So. Of course, like they were with that ultimate cane. Oh, we'll, we'll get out the, like, the pieces uh, and everything. Yeah. So, yeah, so you ordered a cane, right? cane or two? I ordered a did cane. You, so are they going to... Was yours incorrect then, or are they going to get you... Yeah, you have to contact, I think, Mattel Customer Service. But nice. they'll let you know when they have the pieces in stock. So I was like, eh, why not? Why not take it, right? Why not? It's free free pieces? Of course. I've had that. I've never had that with a toy. I've had that with... Um, I'm just think. I was just thinking... Thank God nothing was wrong with The Undertaker because then in my cycle brain, I have to get like the pieces. I'll have to get the updated one when they put that out on ringside. I was like, oh my God, thank God there was nothing wrong with The Undertaker. Yeah, yeah. It would be like a variant in your eyes. Oh my God, yes. And I feel so bad for Canaanite10. He's got to get the the updated one. He's got to get the pieces in the baggie. And I'm like, thank God I'm not you. Right, yeah. I've had that with uh, like blu-ray box sets before where like different companies have said like hey uh, certain scenes are missing from the movie you know like it's supposed to be extended cut or whatever and mm-hmm. those scenes were missing so we sent uh, we're sending you uh free replacement discs and it was something for me i'm, I'm I, I got an amateur eye i would probably never even notice like oh that that eight seconds was chopped out of the movie i'm pissed but enough people were oh my gosh they, Right, I wouldn't even notice that, but they sent they sent us replacement discs, and so I just kept them with the originals. But I've never had that with a toy before, so that's neat that they're doing that for people. Yeah. Yeah. Is, I just like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad it didn't happen with Taker. I've been so pissed. I'd be like, I those do the not. Those two takers we got. Those uh, those two takers and uh, and me Callis still whenever that happens. <sighs> yes, the me Callis looks really good. Yeah, I'm looks, ready for that. I'm yes. surprised that I, I'm surprised that other people are excited about it. Like Zack Ryder, Kurt Hawkins. I mean, all those guys seem really excited about it and positive about it. I thought this would be a niche thing, like only me and you would be into that. You know? Right. But, <laughs> uh, I think people are really into it, so that's awesome. I can't wait. Yeah, I really can't wait. That's gonna be fun. I'll pay the five extra bucks or whatever it is to make sure that that one comes. Oh yeah, yeah. Got you. Yeah. Got to order a couple off Target so they ship it in a box. Right. I uh, I did order. I always get my son one dad gift for Christmas. It's just one for dad. dad gift. 
one dad gift. And so he's three and a half by then. He'll be three and a half. But so, you know, I don't want to give him any figures. Like, I don't want to give him anything with small parts. He's not a, he's not somebody that would eat it. He's not really into that. It's never been him is to eat small parts. But um, I, uh, I didn't want to buy him like $50 ultimates, you know, $30 ultimates or $25 elites. Like, he doesn't need that. He's three. But I thought I'd get him his first three or four basic action figures. Like, just, just Ooh. eight, $9 figures that he can bash together. You know, I mean, I think he would love it. And I got him the guys that he, you know, kids love winners. And so kids he, love winners. Who does he talk about? He talks about Roman Reigns because he thinks The Undertaker is Roman Reigns. Uh, oh, so. my God. That broke my heart a little bit when you tweeted that. I was like, ouch. Yeah, he thought that the ultimate Undertaker was Roman Reigns. Ouch. Um, it's fine. I made him sleep in the shed for a couple nights. We're fine. We got over it. Right. You, um, you, you are being recorded on a podcast. I am kidding. Don't call child <laughs> protection. Anybody that's listening. <laughs> um, so I got him Roman Reigns, but it was like a damaged packaging Roman Reigns on ringside. So it was like three bucks because uh, I don't care about the packaging, you know. And I got him uh, Drew McIntyre. He calls him McIntyre. He doesn't know his first name, but he knows McIntyre. And he knows uh, Bobby Lashley was his favorite all summer because Bobby Lashley was the champion. Of course, of course, Bobby Lashley. So I got him Bobby Lashley. So they, they, were, all, they were all like nine bucks, eight bucks, three bucks. So that's, that's going to be his dad gift on Christmas. Is he'll get his first couple, three uh, action figures just, just to smash together and wrestle with. Of course, of course. And also, so he doesn't touch my stuff. Don't touch my stuff. That's the underlying <laughs> reason, isn't it? Don't touch my stuff. <laughs> right. Don't touch my Undertaker detail if you got your own junk. Which I keep asking on Twitter for updated photos. You have to show updated collection photos of that detail. Yeah, I don't know how to pose. It's funny. I don't know how to pose my ultimate. You know, I, so I, I, right now he's just kind of like in there like with his hands up. With the, I mean, obviously okay. he's got the, the Batman cape on, and he's got his hands up. He's got the hair down, but I don't know how to like pose him. How so about just, um, how about the? Oh, maybe you could do that. The maybe cross, the cross hand, and you can maybe also else. do the 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 choke slam. So it's like he's lining up for yeah, a choke slam. like that. Yeah, maybe I'll do that. There you go. Yeah, it's a very See? generic. Like he's just in there going like. Yeah, you get all kind. You get all kinds of ideas here at the Collecting Dead Man podcast. How to pose your figures? Maybe I'll do that. Maybe yeah. the uh, yeah, uh, thumb across the throat. I never thought of that. Maybe I'll do that. Nice. Um, other news. I went to oh I go to AEW. Oh yes, Rampage. yes. Full gear. AEW Rampage and Full Gear, if people who are listening know, was in Minnesota, Randy's home state, so of course you would go there, of course. And did you rep Undertaker merchandise? What did I wear? I think I did. You know what's funny is that uh, on Rampage, we were fourth row, and I wanted to be seen on, t- on TNT. I wanted to be sure I could see myself when I watched it back. So I had like this bright blue coat and a bright orange hat. <laughs> that I wore like a baseball cap <laughs> and so I think I did wear an Undertaker shirt but I didn't, oh I didn't take my coat off tonight because I wanted to just like look for that blue and that orange so I could find myself and there is a segment where on the show where uh, I think it was Jade Cargill's one year anniversary on, in AEW 
Uh, she's a women's wrestler at AEW, and Smart Mark Sterling is her manager. And so Smart Mark Sterling has a cake on a pedestal right in front of us along the aisle way there. We're fourth row on the aisle way. And um, they got a cake on a pedestal that says, like, happy first year or something like that. And after her match, um, you know, Smart Mark is picking up the cake and he's going to present it to Jade Cargill. Oh, I know where this is going. Yeah, he doesn't know that Red Velvet, who is feuding with Jade Cargill right now, Red Velvet has jumped the guardrail from the other end of the arena and is coming up from behind him to throw the cake in his face. And so during that little cake eater segment, you can, you can see that orange hat plain as day, fourth row behind all the cake action. Uh, I'm in there. So I was wearing an Undertaker shirt, but you couldn't tell. And then, uh, and then the next night was Full Gear and the ticket, the pay-per-view ticket fiasco. Ah, uh, yes, year. the pay-per-view ticket, pay-per-view ticket fiasco of 2021. <laughs> I don't even know five, six different sets of seats that he, had, he just kept buying seats and like. The main question, the, the main question, was he able to sell the other seats? He did sell the other seats. Some of them were at a slight loss. Nothing. He didn't take a bath on any of them, but some of them were like ten bucks lower, twenty bucks lower. So all being friends, we all we all covered the gap for him. I mean, he stuck his neck out there for us. Some of that stuff he couldn't have time to ask us. You know, do you want these seats or not? But he bought seats for like, hey, lower level. Nope, 11th row. Nope, I got his 8th row. Nope, I got his 3rd row. We're just like, how many seats do we have? We're only four people. How much money are you spending? Right. And so he did get rid of them all eventually. Like, I think maybe a day or two before the event, he got rid of them all. Some, Some of it at a slight loss, but he got rid of them. Then we get to the day of the show. Uh, like usually 24 hours in advance, StubHub will like release your tickets to your phone so you mm-hmm. can like distribute them to your people and it's all a barcode now. And it, it didn't do that. And so uh, oh the my God. at 8, 9 in the morning, he's on the phone with StubHub saying, hey, I got a pay-per-view at 12 hours and I don't have tickets that I, I paid for these tickets and they haven't dropped. And so StubHub checked into it and apparently just told him like, you know, sometimes this happens. There's nothing they can do about it, except they can give him, to my knowledge, they gave him store credit for the value plus 20%. But it was all store credit. It wasn't like a refund of money. Oh, my God. So my buddy had to take this store credit plus 20% and immediately go buy new tickets again because the, the row three tickets didn't drop. And so he, the best he could do this late in the game was third row again. But we were in. Two of us were on one side of the ring. Two of us were on the other side of the ring. We were gonna have to split up. We were like, "Hey, man, whatever you got to do." He's like, "Okay, we're in different sections than we originally were gonna be, but we're in the third row still." Okay, cool. So we get to the arena, and we're going. We go down to the floor, and we walk by our original section on our way. And we walk by. I forget what letter it was, but we walk by our original section, and we notice that section did not have free chairs oh my god oh my god (laughs) you didn't get the oh my god the original section it was like a happy accident because the original section that was supposed to if those tickets would have dropped we would have paid all that money for third row and got rid of all of our other tickets at a loss for these chairs that would have not happened they were all plain chairs in that section so then my buddy 
and I go sit in one section, and the other two buddies go sit on their end of the thing, and we all had chairs. We all got chairs. I feel like we should like pipe in the WWE Hall of Fame music. <laughs> I will. I think you know what I I'll look for it. I think I'll add it in. <laughs> like the finally got my chair. Oh my gosh! Oh yes, for the YouTube audience. Oh, that's great. Gosh, it was worth it. Uh, my wife was maybe the most uh, popular on my Facebook post because I. Uh, that was a, that's a nice looking chair. Well, she immediately commented, where's that going to go? And then everybody was laughing at her reaction. So where is that going to go in our house? Where is that going to go? <laughs> it's down, it's, I, I keep it folded up, and it's in the corner, kind of hidden in the corner behind like a, a bookcase. It's, behind, it's in the corner. It's hidden away. And then when I need it, like tonight, I can pull it out. And, of course. Yeah. And I kept all that. It's really cool how they do it. I've never been this close at a pay-per-view before. So they actually, they zip tie them all together. Hmm. So it's all, all, all those chairs are all like one unit zip tied together all night. And then you do have directions where the, where your back goes. There's directions that tell you like, you know, hang loose. You gotta get a bracelet. And it's one bracelet, one chair. So that way randos can't take your chair. And then they, they do <laughs> Randos. By. Yeah. And then at the end of the night, they come through and they, with little clippers, they'll come through and they clip your, uh your chair free so that way you can take your actual chair home the one that you said it so it finally ended all right and i got my chair interesting interesting how they do that yeah but... I that close and then during the during the street fight with uh, they had a street fight a minneapolis street fight with uh, oh minneapolis street fight which you know i don't know what the difference is maybe it was colder i don't know i, I don't know what you know there's a chicago street fight you know the lod had that wrestlemania 13 you know i know yeah. cm punk i think had a chicago street fight against jericho in some pay-per-view but minneapolis yeah. street fight you know it's it's rougher it's rougher minneapolis yeah colder it was uh, jericho's inner circle group going up against the america's top team which is the bunch of ufc guys with dan lambert and um, men of the Year tag team with Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky, and there's like it's like four on four, and it's just like chaos everywhere. They're all splitting off, and they got chairs and toys, and they're hitting each other. And the really cool thing was is during that match, um, we felt like there was a couple independent wrestlers that were sat in front of us. Yeah. Before, before the entrances, it's almost like they were supposed to catch somebody. Like we kind of felt like something was going to go down. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, during the match, uh, Santana of the Inner Circle and Ethan Page of Men of the Year were fighting out near us. He throws Ethan Page into the second and third row, which is right in front of us. And then uh, and then Santana's like, move! He said, move. I think he yelled move a couple times before he ran the length of the ring and then dove over the barricade into Ethan Page, and in, into us, basically. And uh, he yelled, move, as if we could go anywhere. All of our chairs are zip-tied together. Like, we can't go anywhere. But he yelled, move, move. And then he just dove at us, and it just destroyed the whole area. All the chairs were coming apart. Like, the zip-ties were breaking and stuff. And so I took uh, – I, I don't know if you saw it or not, but I took a, I took a selfie with dead Ethan Page because Ethan Page is laying there all, like, dead. And then <laughs> I did see that. I remember they had dead Ethan Page. Got me in the corner, like taking a selfie with Daddy from Cage behind me. It was awesome. <laughs> what a moment! 
that's what you pay, you know, a couple hundred bucks for to get that chair and sit that close. You know, now I worry about, we said we were only doing it for Minneapolis because we're not traveling. There's yeah. No hotel. We're not driving. Now I worry that we're going to be chair snobs because now. You're going to be chair snobs. How do we go back to sitting in the upper deck in Chicago or St. Louis or something? You know? Oh, man. I don't know. I don't know. You can't. You can't. You have to get. You have to get the uh, that exclusive chair every time you want to go to a pay per view now. Oh my gosh! And I see if I get one chair, like fine. Even if I get another chair in a couple years, fine. But if I start bringing home chairs after every show, my wife is gonna kill me. <laughs> they just stack. They stack nicely. <laughs> they. I mean, although I will say, if, if I ever wanted to, they on eBay. If you ever search like WWE Survivor Series 2021 chair. I mean, it's like 300 bucks, 325 bucks, 250 bucks. Like, you got to ship are... that. You got to ship that sucker. Yeah, it's like seven, probably 75 bucks to ship, I would guess. But yeah, it's like 300 bucks and people are paying for it. Wow. I, I saw on the way out, people were by the door. Uh, the hawking, were they hawking their chairs? Yep, they were like, you know, 100 bucks, 150 bucks, but you got to have cash, obviously. And, and who carries cash? Who carries cash? You don't want to get robbed. <laughs> And it brings us all full circle here, doesn't it? <laughs> right? <laughs> yes, it does. Yeah, so I don't know I don't know what we'll get free. It was a pretty good year going to the CM Punk Rampage and then getting a chair at a pay-per-view in Minneapolis. Uh, I don't know what we'll get for AEW next year. Maybe a Dynamite? We have oh. never been to a Dynamite. So if Minneapolis could get Dynamite next summer or something, that'd be good. And then... Uh, Maybe I'll get a chance to go to their WrestleMania is all out in Chicago every September. Couldn't go this year because my wife had a, a wedding on that same weekend. I remember. So maybe she won't have a wedding this time. Maybe we can go to all out and I can hit that up in Chicago. That'd be a pretty good year to go to a dynamite and an all out. That'd be nice. Yeah. And then we can talk about it again on the podcast. Absolutely. Definitely. Hopefully, add, maybe we'll add another chair. We'll see. You got to add another chair. You can't go there and not get another chair. I told my buddy, I was like, man, if all these tickets, if this thing doesn't work out and we end up watching the pay-per-view at your house, because for a while I was like, dude, the tickets aren't dropping. I don't know if we're going to the pay-per-view. And I'm like, I will go to your house and watch the pay-per-view and I will take home your couch. Like, I'm leaving with <laughs> a chair. I will take home your couch. <laughs> I'm leaving with a chair one way or another on Saturday. And thankfully uh, <laughs> it happened and like I said, the original tickets didn't have chairs. I got lucky. There's a reason for everything, as I always say. You wanted that chair. You wanted that chair. You got the chair. The original tickets wouldn't have had the chair. Now you got your chair. So it all like, worked out. Like, I, stuff. I, gotta, I gotta have it. I gotta keep it. And that way when I'm gone, my son can throw it out. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's the vicious cycle of us collectors, you know. When we're right. gone, it'll just be tossed out. You know, I think I think Kurt Hawkins and uh, and uh, Matt Cardona talked about one time. Maybe when they get older, seventies or eighty years old, maybe they'll consider selling their collection off, so they know that it's going somewhere loved, I guess, and, and valued. Uh, I don't know that I could do that even at seventy. Maybe you change your tune at seventy, but uh, maybe I don't know. I don't know that I could do that. I, I'll probably just die with it. And then, and then my son can throw it out. <laughs> it's his problem now. It's like my, my dad with all of his hunting weapons. And my dad's a big hunter, and I'm like, what am I going to do with all that crap? Like, I'm just 
just pretty much gonna throw it out immediately. <laughs> wow, wow, breaking his heart, you're breaking his heart. Good thing Dad doesn't listen to podcasts. We're okay. He'll listen to this one. You watch. <laughs> Anything else on your notes that you want to get to before we wrap up the episode? I don't think so. Uh, oh. Big Show and uh, Shane kissing. The, the, that was the that was the major climax of this episode. We went through the toys. We went through my AEW weekend. I think that was it. Amazing. All the for the match. Amazing. And you know how can you how can you even come back from Big Show and Shane McMahon kissing? You know. That's the climax. That's what I, I think. I think that's gonna be like the the, the uh, mini title of the episode. It has you to know, be. It has to be. That's gonna be in my description too. In my yeah. tweet. Going to be. It has to be. It has to be in my episode description. And you know, there's there's no coming back from that. There isn't. But we had we were treated to an amazing. Uh, SmackDown match again. I love doing these SmackDown and Raw matches because you know they're just fun. They keep your attention for like eight to ten minutes, uh, and you just get like great back and forth hardcore action. And uh, you still talking about Big Show and Shane? Or no, we're not talking about Big Show and Shane McMahon. <laughs> um, but I, I like watching these, like you said, the SmackDowns and the Raws. I really like. Watching the whole episode too, because even if it doesn't have, I mean, I really like the six segments with the Undertaker, but even if it doesn't have anything to do with him, it's really cool to be like, oh yeah, that's what was going on at the time. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I already can't wait for the August 9th SmackDown, August 9th, two thousand one. Yes, we'll probably see a relative squash with the uh, Natural Born Thrillers, but what else is involved in that episode uh, that I, we don't even remember right now? I, that's that's really neat. I can't wait for that. Yeah, and. We of Undertaker's seven title victories, four of them happened on a Raw or a SmackDown. Only yeah. three happened at a pay per view, which is which is very interesting. You don't think of tag titles or titles in general changing hands on a Raw or SmackDown. Gosh, I think we went through it the first title reign, but like uh, eighteen days is the longest one, and then he had a thirteen dayer in there somewhere, I think, and then this is the third longest one at ten days, like. They were all relatively short for him. Uh, yeah. He was, it usually was a means to an end. It wasn't, you know, he was always a better chaser, I think. Uh, of course, but I, it yeah. always it's always nice to pad the resume. I did see a really cool factoid on Twitter, because uh, that's where I get all my information. Um, but I did see a really good factoid that The Undertaker only won the tag team titles with fellow world champions. I thought, oh, yeah. I never thought of it that way before. Oh, yeah. That is he interesting. Never, yeah. He never won the tag team titles with, you know, a Rikishi or somebody like that. You know, or obviously uh, somebody that didn't make it to being world champion. If they hadn't been world champion already, they were going to be world champion eventually. Yep. But he won tag team titles with all world champions. I thought, oh, yeah, I never, I've never thought of it that way, but that's true. Yeah. It is true. It is something, yeah. That's an interesting factoid. You hang until the end. You might get a you might get a little nugget like that. So yes, you do. Now, yeah. I can't believe I can't believe our December edition is going to be Undertaker and Kane 
versus Chuck Palumbo and Sean O'Hara. Can't wait, man. That's, can't uh, wait. I can't wait. I can't believe that's going to be our December holiday edition. Yeah, we'll have to spend a lot of time. We'll have to add filler. We'll have to talk about Christmas or something. Yes, we have to add plenty of filler <laughs> to because uh, that is our next installment of taking a look back at the Undertaker's Tag Team Championship victories. Uh, Undertaker and Kane taking on the Natural Born Thrillers, which is what, quite a name in itself, of Chuck right. Colombo and Sean O'Hare. But then we get the cage match in January, we get the hardcore title in February, and see where it goes from there. I love, we'll have, we'll have to talk about it as we get closer. We do. I, I was listening to your Friday episode Saturday, I think, in the car, and um, you were talking about, hey, maybe we'll talk about Hell in the Cells or something. I thought maybe the, the gimmick matches or something like that, I thought maybe we will go through all of this Hell in the Cells, like every single Hell in the Cell. Yeah, gimmick, casket matches, buried alive. I'm up for anything. We will be doing this until we are very old men. We will be, and I, I enjoy it. I look forward to it. Me too, man. Me yeah. too. I love it. Yeah. And um, so we'll keep in touch as we always do on Twitter. And until next time, with same taker time, same taker channel, we keep on rolling, baby. Thank you again, Randy. It's always fun. No problem. Thank you. Awesome. Until next month. I hope you have enjoyed this episode of Collecting Dead Man. Please continue to subscribe and leave us a five-star review where you can. Follow me on Twitter at CollectUpDead and on Instagram at CollectingDeadMan. Check out my Linktree page so you can find the links to all my merchandise stores, where you can find wherever this podcast is available, and where you can subscribe to my YouTube channel. Hit the like button and subscribe there as well. Please continue to support this podcast in any way you can. And until next week, Creatures of the Night... Keep on rolling.